Holly Cotton here and you guys know that I love whenever I see people being the change and doing things to make the world a better place. And I will also add that my guest today is the only guest that my daughter has ever been excited about. I bring her to celebrity events all of the time. I've had huge people on my show before, and she is so unimpressed with everyone. But I tell her I have Summer coming on my show, and she's like, oh my God, I know him on TikTok. So I am so excited. Apparently, I have the celebrity that I just found. Summer Clayton. And if you guys do not follow Summer, he has over 5 million followers on TikTok. He's a huge viral sensation as well as he's just someone with a big heart that's trying to do something. His Instagram and TikTok are all official, your proud dad. And we're going to go into hearing his story and of course, how he's trying to use his voice to inspire and motivate and be the change in the world. So welcome, Summer. Thank you, Holly. It's a really a pleasure and a blessing to have you uh, be taking the time out of your day to interview someone like me. You know, I always hear people say, oh, he's viral and this and this. And it always makes me like shrivel back a little bit because... I'm trying to always continue to remember that God has blessed me with this platform. And so when people are like, oh, you're this or you're this angel and you're, I'm like, first of all, I'm so far from perfect. And secondly, this is not even anything that, you know, this is all God blessing me with this. So I'm really trying my best, but I will say thank you. I really appreciate it. Yes. Okay. So. I know that you've told the story a thousand times and I hate to ask unoriginal <laughs> questions, but before we get into okay. the Holly Cotton okay. questions, because I want people to know what you are doing right. and kind of understand how it started, okay. why you're doing it. So I've listened right. to the video a thousand <laughs> times as well. I've heard your story on numerous platforms, but this is the okay. first time yeah. you're on Holly okay. Cotton Conversation okay. Summer. <laughs> So tell us about how you just decided one day to pick up mm -hmm. your phone, your camera and start making videos mm -hmm. and like what, what paved the way to start? Okay. That? I think it's a little bit of, you know, that's a good question. Like, Hey, how did this start? And I've had people ask me that throughout different parts of my journey. And, you know, as I was just telling a friend of mine, as I grow in this journey, I'm always adding and tailoring and culling and just trying to figure out what it is that caused me to move in this direction and what were some of the motivations that did. I think when I started earlier in life or earlier in this whole process, it was a lot of pulling from my prior experiences with my peers and with my family as well. And it's funny because sometime in 2021, uh, maybe 2022 is when I first started to get some sort of media traction. And that was my first time. And they were all asking me, how did this happen? How did this happen? How, you know, what motivated it and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, at that point in time in my life, I was still struggling with some of my past hurts. And so I had to constantly think to myself, okay, you are doing this out of past hurt. You are doing this out of past anger. You are doing this out of altruism, just the want to help and help others and love on others. But you have to be able to grow and mature. And I have grown and matured uh, over time, just being able to see all sides and all sides for perspective. So um, just as, a, as an aside, Holly, this portion of my 
the questioning is the hardest for me because I'm talking directly to you this time. Not, not the, it's, it's the hardest for me because there are a lot of things that, you know, I kind of pull from that give me the motivation or the desire or the want to be able to, I would say, you know, pour into someone else's life. Um, whether it be, you know, at my youngest ages, there were times when I didn't have the best relationship with my mom or my dad, or even with my peers, they didn't always like me, or I didn't always feel welcomed or um, loved or accepted. And so over time, when people started to say, hey, you know, do you want to write a book? Or do you want to appear on the show? Or why are you doing this? I had to go through all of those different emotions myself. And I had to make sure that I was shaping this story from a much wider perspective, not just out of anger, because that would be unfair to my parents. And those were the same things that they were telling me to like, well, I mean, I know that you're angry about this. I know that you're angry about that, but there's a wider perspective that you're not taking into account. And a couple of years ago, even I was still struggling with taking that perspective into account. And so I'm glad that I'm having these opportunities, especially that you're giving me these opportunities now to be able to have come to a place where I'm much more mature in my thinking and my understanding of this whole 360 perspective. And I can answer that question a little bit more clearly. So a long story short, you know, what made me start making this sort of content? Um, when I first started doing TikTok, it was a lot of like following the trends and acting as someone who was a consumer of media, you know, someone who was just looking at the trends and doing their dances and maybe making my own skits. It was really self-serving. And I'm not trying to say that that's not like still a small part of it, um, self-serving, wanting to have that sort of acknowledgement um, because I'm, I'm not, I'm not perfect. Right. But at some point in time, I began to you know, work directly with my audience. It was under a thousand at the time, sometime at the turn of 2020 to 2021. And I remember saying, I really, really wanted to get to a thousand followers before the turn of the new year, because that way I could continue my family's tradition of praying out the old year and praying in the new year. And I wanted to do that on live because on TikTok at the time, you had to have a thousand followers to go live. So I said to myself, okay, that's a really big goal, but I found myself getting really frustrated with a TikTok algorithm. And this is all, you know, before full-fledged dinner with dad tutorials, you know, I was still making motivational type content. Um, but at some point in time, I made this little, uh, I made this little challenge with my followers. It was kind of like poking fun at them. Like, Hey, I wonder if I'm not able to grow as, as fast as I, as I thought I would, I wonder if I can get them to leave very quickly. And so we had this running joke on my platform. I'd say, okay, it's time for you guys to go get out of here. And then it would kind of switch and turn into like, okay, well, I hope you guys have an awesome day. I would leave a plate of food in front of the camera. That was probably the, you know, the very beginnings of dinner with dad and just say, okay, I hope you enjoy this. Um, I hope you have an awesome day. See you later. Or maybe just praying or um, just giving them end of day type motivation. And then at some point, one of my followers recognized, okay, you know, you know, he was jokingly trying to get rid of us. Um, but now he's giving us more of these motivational type of content. So dad must be wanting to keep us. And so that was the comment that kind of solidified me as dad, because before then, yes, it was a lot of like TikToks about skits and all that sort of stuff, but there was a lot of motivational stuff there too. I realized early on that people kind of need that and want that. And maybe out of my want and desire to have had that maybe uh, from my peers or from that sort of acceptance from my peers, you know, I think maybe I kind of filled that role. Um, but it wasn't me coming on and saying, hey, 
there's a whole fatherless generation out here. Let's go ahead and start making content towards them. It was more so this mix of like, I really enjoy helping people and they seem to really enjoy having this interaction with me. And so it kind of just slowly slipped into that sort of realm of like helping and tutorials and, you know, having this time to sit down and it wasn't actually my choice to start the dinner with dad series. Um, there was one commenter that said, Hey dad, can we have dinner together? And in my mind, I'm like, I don't know what this means or how to do this. Um, but okay. And that was my first one. I just, I had just gotten, sorry, at the time I'm dealing with some like stuffiness. Um, at the it's uh, it's weird season yeah. right now. Is it winter? Is it summer? <laughs> is it not? Go ahead. Okay. Um, so at the time I was living in Norfolk, Virginia, and I remember this very vividly. One of my friends um, had come over. And so let me back up a little bit before the dinner with dad, you know, kind of going into the new year, I didn't quite make it to a thousand. So I would continue the content that I would. And at some point I would start doing tutorials about hygiene. And so I started with, you know, how to brush your teeth, how to floss, how to shave. That was my first viral video, how to shave. It just went extremely viral and people started to add me and follow me left and right, left and right, left and right. And so I would go down that sort of path of like, your daily uh, chores like or, or how to clean your bathroom or how to cook or you know activities of daily living and that was at point at that point some point there someone asked me hey can you teach me how to shave or can you um dad can you have dinner with me um and so i was like okay i don't know what this means but being in norfolk virginia and my friend was over at the time because he was traveling i think he was traveling through um he was doing this like cross-country trip where he was headed back up to where he lived i think in the midwest at the time and so i was one of those stops he said hey you know can i stay with you i'm like oh for sure no big deal and so i remember going out to this chinese place in norfolk virginia one of those chinese places that are on the corner um where you're kind of like okay the more rundown the place looks the better the food is the better yes the food. <laughs> <laughs> um and yeah it was a really good place you know i out of all places, I got some really good Chinese food in Norfolk, Virginia. But this is I from that point, you know, I brought it home and I set my little camera up. And at the time, I didn't have a ring light or anything. I also don't have a ring light, but I make sure that I'm in good lighting. But, you know, put it up and just propped it up against my counter and just opened up my food and just put it up there and just kind of walked through uh, a check-in, um, just a virtual check-in and um, posted it. And people started to respond immediately. And that was the second swell. And from there, it just started to grow out of, not out of control, but just wildly. So that kind of introduced Dinner with Dad into my tutorials. And then it kind of branched out as well into faith and being able to show people how to pray and praying with them virtually. Just this overall virtual type of, I won't say it's a service, but just interaction with the people on the other side of the screen. So I'm sure that you can um, cut some of this out. There's a lot of fluff. In there. No! I will, I love okay. all of that summer and I wanted to tell you too so one of the things because I'm a huge mental health advocate nurse all of these things life coach so I all of the things that you're saying I feel that that we have these these purposes in life where we I know for me I'm always I'm always saying I want to be the change I want to be the change I grew up as like you said I grew up in a a multiracial mm -hmm. home and maybe I felt when I was with this side, yeah. I was this way. When I was this side, I was ostracized this way. So there, it was hard for me to fit yeah. in. So my, my, my passion and my mission is like, I want to make yeah. sure that, you know, people that look like me, 
we don't feel like we have to fight Absolutely. to be accepted Absolutely. or, you know, so it's like all of these things are sort of build the character that you are as an adult. And I love that because a lot of people don't right. like, right. they aren't the thing right. that they needed when they were growing right. up. They're like, well, I'm done with that, whatever. But people like us that have mm -hmm. these great energies, we're like, okay, I see that there was this gap and, and, you know, this disparity in who whatever community, and now I want to feel it. And I also want to tell you too, because I thought it was funny when you said this, when I was writing my first book, <clears throat> so I had a really bad marriage and my ex, whatever. So I remember when I was writing a part in my book, and I was and and I ran it by my son and I had like this little funky paragraph about yeah and this you know whatever whatever and right. and my son was like mom you don't even need to put that in there <laughs> like your takeaway from your story yes. by adding the negative right. part so when you were talking about like how you had to go to a place on your growth journey where you were like this is not right. about my childhood right. This is about what I'm taking from right. that and now how right. I'm going to right. inspire and yes. be the change for other yes. people. So I love how you said yes. that. You were like, I, you yes. know, I'm on my growth yes. journey. I, yes. I had to let some stuff go. Yes. yes. And <laughs> I desperately want to get this part right whenever I'm going on these interviews because I don't want to villainize my parents. I don't think that's fair to them. Everybody is going through their own journey and they were going through their journey at a point in time within society where they had less resources than I do now. And so it's not like I'm saying, oh, you know, they're not responsible for their own actions. Yes, we're all responsible for our own actions. But now that I can tell this story from a 360 perspective, it's not just anger. It's not just frustration. There is some like, hey, I recognize this happened to me from my parents' side, from my peers' side, just in life. And they had these certain consequences. But I also recognize that these people, my parents, my peers, they're human and they're people too they are going to make mistakes. And I, if I continue to internalize those things, I'm worse for the wear. I am being unfair to myself. And I do sometimes internalize. I can be horribly judgmental to myself, horribly critical to myself, but I can also be a judgmental human being. I make snap judgments just like that. And so that's something that I'm trying not to do because I'm like, you have this platform built and focused around loving people unconditionally. You can't also be this judgmental cow in real life. So um, those are some of the things that I kind of work through and I'm working on myself. Well, I'll tell you this summer, I, I, I always say this whenever I'm talking, especially if I'm on a panel or I'm moderating and you know, that's when you get input from the crowd and I'll always get someone will, will talk about being healed. So I always, I always hear someone saying something about being healed. And my rebuttal to being healed is that there is no such thing as being healed. Mm -hmm. There is something called healing. And every day you have to make an intentional choice to go right. through that healing process. So yesterday's Holly Cotton, listen, I'm trying to be a better person, but sometimes <laughs> that those triggers will come out yeah. and you're like, like you said, you're like judgmental or you're this or whatever it is. It might be a trigger. I didn't say I was healed. There's no such thing. It's a every day I'm trying to be better than who I was from the person I was yesterday, the yeah. person I was last year. So yes. it is, it sometimes, sometimes yeah. it pulls you back and you're just like, right. mm, it's like you pull the scab off or something mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, hold on, I forgot. Yeah. That's not yes. where we are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I completely agree. And I was talking to the people that I was staying with, the people that are, um, I, I'm very close to them. They're basically family for me. Um, but I was talking about how God will start a work in us and he will continue that on to completion. 
And even though right now I may be continuously picking off those scabs and reintroducing hurt and, you know, addressing those triggers and maybe being triggered and acting out of the character that I'm supposed to display, I can look way back years from where I am now and say, oh, that's a little bit of growth right there. You know, just like you were saying. So, yeah, that's why I'm like, okay, so hold on. I I didn't punch them in the face today. You know what? That's growth. That's to me, to me, healing is, you know, just being better than yesterday or being able to deal with something that happened yesterday, a little bit better today. So we're working on ourselves summer. Y'all stop judging us. Okay. We are works in progress. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) So one of the things that I wanted to ask you about summer is I feel that when people have a platform where they get a huge Mm -hmm. influx of supportive people, you always got the haters, you always got the little trolls, you always have these negative people that want to come on and destroy all the positive that you had have built. So have you had any encounters with that along your process? Yes. When I first started making these videos, people thought that my voice was really weird. um, And they also kind of like, compared me to someone who was like a pedophile they put me in that category and i was like okay first of all i can't change my voice this is how i sound uh (laughs) Um, but also i can see where people are coming from the thing is when you put on this sort of role and you take on this sort of role which by the way over the last three or four years i've definitely had conflict with as an aside i'm like man summer like you are someone who is consistently supposed to be pointing people towards Jesus Christ. And it comes with the package that if you are on this platform, people are going to start to idolize you in some way, shape or form. And that makes me incredibly uncomfortable. Um, Sometimes it's even hard for me to take um, like praise because it just makes me shrivel back. And I'm like, I'm supposed to be a middleman. You know, when people say, oh, I see, I feel so comfortable when this person comes on the screen. I feel so loved. I'm like, the only way you can feel that is because of Jesus Christ's work in my life that causes me to act into more and be more good and be more Christ-like. That's what you're seeing. So I always want to point people from here where they see my content or where, they, where they're experiencing this, this depth of um, desire and loss to christ the one who can feel fulfill that and so he's working through me and so um just as an aside that's kind of one thing that i've been struggling with when i have the your proud dad name it's like a dad is very very personal to a lot of people and oftentimes sometimes in society when you have someone who is kind of fulfilling that role or trying to role play that role uh, because that's what it is right when i do my dinner with dads or my point of view videos it's just another form another form of role play it has a really negative connotation in today's society, but therapists use it all the time. It's very effective. Um, so when you're taking on this kind of role of a, of a father or a parent and your audience is usually people who are much younger than you, people may get uncomfortable. It's very personal for them. Now, I wish they wouldn't have gotten that uncomfortable when they started calling me such horrible uh, names, but I didn't let that get to me because I knew that the overwhelming support the overwhelming majority of support was very, very positive. My first interaction with, you know, a, a string of comments that were negative um, was when I looked onto Reddit and never go onto Reddit for any reason. <laughs> but, you know, there were some people who were like, oh, this is weird. Oh, this makes this is creepy. And, you know, now that I'm kind of scrolling through comments on Instagram, I'm like, oh, I see it more often. And part of me is like, hmm, 
But the other part is like, uh, I don't care. I just keep moving, keep moving forward. So no, and yeah. I do that. Like I keep pop ups on my phone because mm-hmm. I um I hate whenever someone uh, pop up you know Instagram pop up yeah. notifications because I hate when someone comes and comments on my post because mm-hmm. I do have a ton of people that follow me. I have mm-hmm. kids that follow me. Yeah. You know, I have a initiative for <laughs> my yeah. newest book is Affirmation Anthems yes. for Teens. So I have teens yes. following me. I cannot have some nasty comment about you know whatever a sexual comment whatever it is under my stuff and so people are always like well why do you and i just go in i delete it i just i delete it Mm -hmm. because i'm like you know what where i am on my growth journey summer on my growth journey i don't even care like what whatever someone says like someone commented not long ago they call me the joker because i have they they said my smile i had a joker Mm -hmm. and now Mm -hmm. two years ago holly would have went this holly just (laughs) deleted the comment because people feed on negativity so if they see that one negative comment guess what the next person that's scrolling through those comments they're gonna be like she does look like this or she does you know whatever whatever and then they'll Mm -hmm. just keep going because they just need that I don't know, Absolutely. whatever it is, validation, Absolutely. but yeah. you ain't getting Absolutely. it on my post because we keep yes. it positive. So straight Absolutely. delete. But that's right. part of the growth right there. Just yes. not getting into it with someone. Cause sometimes right. they say stuff and it's just like, who are you talking to? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I completely agree with you. It's it's a little bit of a war in my mind too when I think about, okay, there's some healthy discourse going on in the comment section. I do not hide the fact that I'm a Christ follower. And I make that a portion of my content. And there's a large portion of people who don't really agree with that, right? And so there's this discourse sometimes about people who are debating faith and debating, debating theology. Um, and sometimes I let it go on. Sometimes if I feel like it's becoming a little bit more poisonous, I swipe that baby away. And, you know, also there are some people I, I have much, much less tolerance for these type of commenters. I see people all the time who are like, you thought you're real dad. You're being so weird and you're being so like cringy. And I'm just like, don't attack other people who maybe need this for a little portion of their life. I, as much as I like to have people who are continuing to support me and my following and platform is growing, I think there's also a bit of joy as well when the numbers start to go down or people start to say, hey, I'm ready to leave. I'm like, cool. You don't need this anymore. You have your own community. And at the end of the day, that's what I really want is someone to say, you know what, I have learned what I needed to learn. I have experienced what I needed to experience. I've let go of what I needed to let go of. Um, I've come to know Christ. I've, I've had the confidence now to grow my own community and to have people in real life because this is not real. And they're off the platform and they don't come back. And that makes me really excited. So, but just to go back, the, 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 the title of this uh, podcast should be Growth Journeys because <laughs> definitely we're in right now. It's it's a process. It's a process. And you guys, some of the videos, just to give an example, because I want you to go and look at Summer's content as well. But some of the videos are very um, like he'll have he'll have where he's sitting down, like he said, with the dinner with dad. So he sits down and then he'll have a plate for himself and then he fixes a plate for the person that's watching the video. And then he'll say something like one of the videos I saw, you were like, okay, so tell me something good that happened today. And then tell me about an obstacle that you had to overcome or something like that. Don't, don't quote me. I know I'm it's, that's, that's something right, general yeah. like that. And so, and then he'll, he'll, you know, then he, then he's like, okay, let's, you know, tell me something good. And then he pauses yes. and then the, gives that person an opportunity to, to talk to him and interact right. with that video, even though it's a video and it's not live. Yep. And yep. so, you know, I think that's, that's a great, great way to do it. And then also I think that 
you do a great job with navigating because sometimes we can be over holy or over religious. And sometimes they have those people, like you said, that are teeter tottering. Maybe they, they are Christian, but they're not, you know, a devout Catholic or whatever, you know? So sometimes everyone loves Jesus. I always say they have their own relationship with Jesus. You know, I'm not pushing it or I'm not judging you because you didn't, but I love that you do have some of those, like you said, the educational videos that don't have anything to do with Jesus. And then you have some like, okay, now here we go. So you have a A great mix yes. of it. Yes. Yes. I feel I figured out early on that I was not drawn to the same style of social media ministry that some other creators are. Some other creators make that the focal point of their platform. Um, and some other creators kind of dance around the subject because they're a little bit worried. I'm kind of in the middle. And I'm going to continue to obviously talk about my faith and make that uh, a portion of my series because right now I'm in the middle of creating an outline for the year and I'm divvying up my categories and this is a little bit of behind the scenes that people don't really know about. I'm divvying up my categories and I have one that's like um, personal development or faith and personal development. One is like um, maintenance and life skills and the other one is like um, health and hygiene or um, health and wellness and so those will be the topics that I kind of move through week to week to week to week to week. And so, yes, I do want to continue to make it a focus, but at the same time, I want to continue to do that in love. Um, I don't want people to look at me sharing this amazing gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ and feel hate. I don't want them to feel hate. Right. Um, So yes, I definitely mirror what you're saying and I, I just don't want people to be turned off to the gospel because of what i'm doing uh, maybe there are people who read scripture and they're like i don't know if i'm ready for this yet i'm like well if that's your your choice um i don't want it to have come from me just saying spitting hate in vitriol and all of that sort of stuff so. and one of the things too i wanted to also add summer that i really why i really just felt that your videos sort of inspired me and it just resonated because I hear so many times of people that actually have a dad in the home, but their dad is not able to be soft with them. Their dad doesn't know how to be loving or have that relationship. And kind of like what you were saying earlier, you know, sometimes we as parents get into this survival mode. Mm -hmm. My job is to be a provider. Um, oh man, what's the movie? Oh, you know, um, good, uh, good. Is it good fences or something with Denzel Washington and yeah. And and fences. Yeah. Fences. And so, um, or whatever. I know it has something to do with the fence. And so he, and he has that, that encounter with his son Mm -hmm. and he was like, who said, I got to like you. I don't have to like you. Do you have a roof over your head? Do you have this? Do you have this? And it was such an emotional scene for his son, but it was true. Like a lot of dads feel that my job is to come in here and be a provider. I don't have to be sympathetic. I don't have to be loving. I don't like, you know, they have this growth persona. So I love that you come in, even if they have a parent in the home and you're Mm -hmm. like, Hey, I know you love your dad. I know dad is there, but you know, this is some, another angle because absolutely we as moms might be a little overly, uh, you know, like too emotional or whatever. So you give that balance to a lot of them, a lot of the the youth or adolescents or even adults that didn't have the dad and they just want to have a conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And 
that's a really good point that you bring up. It's really, really, really complex. I never want someone to look at my channel and say, this is the standard because I'm an unrealistic standard of a father figure. I am something where you can see, oh, there are these attributes or characteristics that I can strive for as a human being. And I'm striving for them myself as well, being more um, loving, being more patient, being more open and accepting, right? Um, being able to take a step back when I am frustrated, being able to be attentive and an active listener. Those are the things that people sometimes are missing from those parents that do have to take on more of a provider role. And I want to be careful not to villainize those parents either. And that's not exactly what you're doing at all. Um, but sometimes there are comments on my videos that do just that. And I think unknowingly, there are young people who are like, ah, oh, you know, my dad always works all the time and he never has time for me. I'm like, I definitely see how if your father has to provide and he has to work long hours, there are unintended cons consequences of that. Just like I my dad, who was both loving, but he was very much disciplinarian in the family. He was very authoritarian. Um, and he did have sort of that um, sort of that mindset of like, hey, you know, I did these things for you, things that really as a parent you should do. Um, but to him, those were the things that comprise that love and that care because that's what he learned from his parents as well. And my mom, you know, being someone who was very productive because at the time they had five kids living in the inner city. You have to be productive, right? So yes, you have to have stand, you have to have uh, standards, you have to have structure, you have to have, you know, that sort of like, hey, this is what we're doing now, this is what we're doing then. No, you're not really going to stay the night at this person's house until we get to know them. Um, no, this specific action has a consequence, um, and you're probably going to get the belt or whatever else. And so it's like, yeah, as as if you have a top down view, you're like, yeah, all of these things were going on. And that's why we had to have this sort of structure, we had to have this sort of um, consequence, this reward system this consequence system that had to be in place. Just like there are fathers out there who need to be a bit more absent or who need to work and provide and that causes them to be a, more, a bit more absent. But also there are fathers out there who maybe don't know how to talk with their kids. They only know how to do the basic things. And to them, that is love because kicking your kid out on the street, that's not love. But to them, if they can be a good provider, they can be a good protector, right? If they can be someone who can show their kids how to do this or show their kids how to do that, that is what love looks like to them. And that is an example of love as well. Um, it's just that nowadays, sometimes kids need a bit more of a well-rounded approach. And as we're moving out of this like hard lifestyle and discipline version of parenting and into more gentle parenting, people who are my age, who are probably got the belt or the switch are now trying to learn how to be a gentle parent. There's a lot of growth in that too. I see people on on social media all the time who's like, man, they're coming out with this gentle parenting stuff and it's not working. And I'm just like, well, it is. It, it's working. It's a little bit rocky. It absolutely is rocky. Um, but I had a, a perfect example of that. So, you know, when we started to grow up and we started to head out of high school into college, my parents before then, probably three, four, five years before then had lessened up. Um, at some point in time, you know, because my dad was that more of that disciplinarian, he had that more of that style. Uh, my mom said to him one day, she's like, you know what? And my dad came together and he agreed too. He said, we have to find a different way. We can't keep doing this. This is not helping. This is hurting. And I want to have that relationship with my kids. And so from that time on, they did their best. 
and find other ways to motivate us towards being good and to um, having good grades and to having discipline. And by the time we had, you know, gone out of the house, my little brother didn't get any of it whatsoever. And he made his mistakes. He absolutely did. And there were probably times in my mom and dad's life were like, mm, we should have gave him the belts, but they didn't. They stuck by that. And he is now in uh, the military. He's doing very, very, very well. Very, very well. Has a really, really good head on his shoulders. Very intelligent, very smart, very trusting. My parents doesn't hold anything back from them whatsoever. Has no resentment. Or not that I know of, right? And, you know, there were also other examples of that in my life. And so that was just really, really interesting contrast between those two, between my parents who were, who had grown up in a certain way and who parented out of a certain style and had to grow out of that and learn differently. And they did. And now we're on very, very good terms, very good terms. Um, and a family who, maybe um, um, took the more difficult road or maybe the road that they grew up with. And it was just a different style. They came back around to the same things. Now we have very, very um, intelligent and kind and Christ-like family on this side and very, very intelligent and kind uh, family on that side as well. And they both had the same sort of uh, impact. I think that sort of, those sort of stories give other families and parents hope that, you know, hey, you know, we can take the road less traveled, the road that's a little bit more difficult, um, one that we may, may not have a ton of education on, but we can give it our best try. Um, and our kid's not going to come out as this lawless buffoon that we think they're going to come out as. Um, and I'm not a parent, right? So there's so much more to this than what I'm talking about. There's so much lived experience. Um, it's so much harder. It's so much harder. Um, I can only come out and, and chat about my own experience. Well, I'll tell you that I too, Summer, I, I had, I've gotten into it. Um, the, um, the, uh, I guess the, the feedback from my kids as well. So I, I, like I said, <clears throat> excuse me, I was in a very bad marriage. And so, um, and it just, just a toxic relationship where we fought all the time. So of course, you know, that wasn't healthy for them. So then when I transitioned to being a single mom, because he kind of left and, that was it. Like I was by myself and I was like, Oh my gosh, I gotta be mom and dad. And so I know like my daughter or my son would be like, well, you're not being sensitive to my feelings. And I'm like, what are you, I'm working 15 <laughs> jobs. I'm, I, I haven't slept in five days. And you, now you want me to be sympathetic to your feelings and I'm not being sensitive. Like, what do you want bills of uh, the bills paid? Or you want me to be sensitive, mate? You know? So there was this transitional period where it was rough for all of us. We sure could have used your proud dad because um, your your tired mama did not have the ability to sort of do that. But now again, I'm here and I'm I, like you said, it's that growth journey. And, and I'm like, OK, so now I can do it. And now I see how hard it was. So now what can I do to help right. other people? What can I do? You know, maybe my kids needed me to give them an affirmation. Right. Maybe my kids needed me to right. tell them something. It's, it's, you know, they're right. grown now, right. but at that time, so what can I do now right. to give back? So I love that. I love that. And that kind of I wanted to ask you too, Summer, because do you, I know that some of your videos, uh, you're actually doing, like you said, the life skills, you're fixing a car to, you guys, he got, he's doing oil changes and putting brakes on cars. And I'm definitely not <laughs> doing he? all that. Don't talk me up that way. I've never done my own oil changes. I've never he's like, done my own. He's like, <laughs> he's like, when this check engine light comes on, this is what you need to do. <laughs> so, so 
learn the things like was that something you learned on your own Was was were those some of those right. things that now you're trying to show right. other people things that you learned on your right. own or were you taught those things and you realized they were important or right. was was it because there was a gap that you didn't right. learn those things until later right. in life and you're trying to educate other people how do you pick the topics that you want to go right. in and be like hey right. guys let me show you how right. to do right. this so this is a perfect example of that like parents can be this and they can be this right so um to many kids their parents when they're growing up it's so interesting like as a kid grows from being a child all the way to an adult they're you know as a kid up until a teenager they're just kind of rebelling 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 like oh no my parents get them out of here get them out of here then as this young adult they're like ooh, i don't know as much as i thought i did um they're always pulling back to their parents pulling back to their parents and then as an adult they're like I really would just want to spend whatever time I have left with my parents. Um, and so as much as, you know, my parents were the disciplinarians and authoritarian, uh, more of an authoritarian style, they had to be that way for a reason, right? I was not all puppy dogs and rainbows as a kid. Um, there were definitely times where they need to put their foot down um, and give me a, a good swift kick in the behind. So, <laughs> um, but at the same time, there were also times where I got to learn from them. You know, my dad used to spend time teaching us how to shadow box in the kitchen. Uh, my mom would oftentimes be cooking in the kitchen as well, and I got to learn a lot from her. And my mom also sang as well. And so that was really cool to be able to have that. They both actually sang, but they both actually brought us up in scripture as well, too. And so being able to have parents who have these family forums on the weekends where we'd all get together and we'd pick our own snacks out and they would go through scripture and we just have to be able to bond as a family that way, right? But at the same time, my dad will also teach me about um, basic car care. And so he's the one who actually taught me how to check my oil. Um, he's the one who actually, you know, alluded to being able to change a tire. I've actually, I never changed a tire um, because I never had to. Um, even when I did, I would just call somebody. But that first video where I was changing a tire was the first time I physically changed a tire myself. And not that I needed to, it was for the video. But I was like, oh, so this is how this works. If I ever need to do it again. I'll do it this way. And so my dad taught me a lot of the things and my mom taught me a lot of the things that sometimes I share on the other side of things. I realized, okay, there is a deficit in my knowledge. And so I'll just go to, to YouTube and just kind of figure it out myself and say, how can I make this more palatable for my audience? And then film it, video it and kind of move on that way. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I was curious. Cause I, I, you know, I, I, I was like, okay, was he taught right. this and now he's realizing it's important right. or is it in the back end? Like, Oh, I sure wish someone would have taught me this because baby, I needed to know this like five years ago. <laughs> so my last question, Summer, because I know you have tons of videos to make and, and people's lives to change. But my last question that I want to ask is because I want you to go back to where you, you began and you really started getting the attraction yeah. from outside people like people were like people like me but you know like bigger names you know but you know i'm somebody yes, too are. summer i mean yes, i ain't seeing in but i'm holly cotton uh so <laughs> so like whenever you started getting people that wanted you to come on their show or wanted to write an article about you or wanted to collab what was the first thing where you were like omg this is huge. Uh, people are really seeing right. me on a national level. This is something right. big. Like rewind and tell us about what that that source or media or whatever was where you were like, you right. know what? Y'all gonna put some respect on my name now. <laughs> okay, so I 
don't know if I'm quite there to the put some respect on my name uh, sort of attitude. I'm not there yet. I don't know if I'll ever get there. But there was one point in time where I'm like, I may be, I may be bona fide. Maybe at some point, you know, I may be there. So I remember on TikTok, I had around close to 2 million people who followed me. And I wasn't very big on Instagram, but I had already had a much larger following than a lot of people do. And I was wondering why it wasn't the case that I wasn't quote unquote verified on TikTok yet. Because at the time, verification on TikTok was a, a bit more of a social reward. When you got that blue check mark by your name, it meant that you, you know, you were someone at that point. You were putting enough attention in your content that TikTok recognized you as a valuable creator, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And now people can purchase verification on Instagram, but they can't really do that on TikTok. And now that I've come to come around to realize, okay, well, verification doesn't really have as much to do with who's who. It's just more so you are who you say you are. You know, if you're a notable figure, you have you're verified, whether you pay for it or not. If you're notable, you 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 know you have that sort of check mark on your on your account. Um, and so at that time, I was like, okay, well, I don't know when it's going to happen, um, but I do know that I have this platform. So let's just keep moving forward. And it was it was kind of frustrating at some point in time to be like, okay, well there's this creator that just started and now they're verified and I don't quite know why. And at the time there were a lot of black creators on TikTok who were like, we're very valuable and notable. Why aren't we getting the same recognition and acclaim as other creators were? And I tried my best not to get swept up into that. But the first time that I could see that I was like, okay, there's some movement here. Wasn't when I reached around 2 million. It was more so when so there are these curator accounts on Instagram, people who just pull videos from everywhere and post it to their accounts. And their account is like this hub for wholesomeness, right? Someone did that to one of my videos. They took it off of TikTok and they placed it on Instagram. And from there, it just took off. It just, other people were posting it. People were posting here, 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 here. I was like, whoa, pump the brakes, please. I'll slow down. Just because I was the time I was working full time for the US Air Force. I was a, a contracted employee. So I was working a full-time job. I didn't expect it to happen. And I'm just telling people, hey, we're growing. My, I'm growing in this way, this way, this way, this way. And then I got this call from a little-known creator called Rachel Ray. <laughs> and she was like, hey, so we've seen your content. We'd like to have you on the show. And that never materialized because I think they wanted me to like not take on any other engagements until they had made up their minds. And I was like, I mean, I know you're Rachel Ray, but I'm probably not going to say no to like CNN or NBC. But like, when I got that call, I was just, I got the call and I'm coming back to my coworkers at the time. I'm like, Hey, I just got a call from Rachel Ray. And they're like, what? I'm like, yeah. And so very, very, very surreal. And throughout that whole process, you know, whether it was Rachel Ray or NBC or um, Tamron Hall, it was just a huge blessing. And at that point I'm like, okay, people are now starting to see it. There is a platform and there is a target and you know whether that's good or bad it's it's there now and at that point i was like okay now it's starting to happen and mo even most recently um six seven eight days ago i had around seventy thousand people on my instagram and now i have 160 000. and that's another swell of people who are coming back to my accounts and i have to constantly remind myself okay who is giving me this opportunity point myself back to christ okay, how can I solidify and, and be the character um, or, or be of the character that I should be? And then 
how can I not let my followers down and my supporters down and my family, which is what I call them now, my family down and put the time and effort into my content that it deserves. So that's kind of where I'm at currently. And that was a time, you know, I definitely when Rachel Ray called me when I was like, okay, yep. <laughs> I might be doing Maybe, something just a little here. bit, yes. So Summer, what are some of the platforms that you've been on? I know you mentioned a few, yes. but just for people who haven't followed you or don't mm -hmm. know how big the spectrum okay. of media that you have been on, give us some of the insight into like some of the things that you've Okay, been on. so yeah, I've been blessed to be featured on digital as well as live content or um, live reporting. So I've had um, some of the digital content would be uh, CNN or Board Panda or Upworthy. Those were the, probably the biggest three. And then my alma maters covered me, Ball State University and Minot State University. Um, and then we've had some, I think Fox at one point, they did a digital piece. Um, and then a local station, I think it was like in Chicago, they just called me up and we did it right there. And then you have Tamron Hall, um, the Today Show, and um, it was one more. Um, and then I forgot the other one, but there's just been enough. <laughs> just so, just so y'all know, just so y'all know. <laughs> okay, so to close out, Summer, um, tell everyone how they can find you, support you. Do you have anything that you're working on that that or that's an upcoming project that you give us a sneak mm -hmm. peek on that we can be looking out for? or how we can support okay. that like go ahead drop okay. everything so um as you can see i've got my jerry rigged mic this is actually a napkin holder and i have my mic just standing there um but um i did get a podcast mic because i'm thinking that i want to start taking questions from my audience and meeting with people who have that lived experience whether they're well known or not and start addressing some of those questions because again i'm not a dad um, i only have so much lived experience i can only share of what i know but with the network, there's a lot of people who can share. And maybe you'll be talking to me and I'll be pushing your name out and you'll be talking about your lived experience, Holly. Um, <laughs> but on the other side, I am working through trying to like strategically place my content throughout the year and narrow down the topics that I want to broach and create some structure for myself so that I know week to week to week, my, uh, my little family here, they have consistency from me. And that's what I think I owe them. And then lastly, I kind of want to start doing my own passion projects. You know, I'm very into photography and I really love storytelling. And so being able to share more of those would be really, really, really cool. And I think there's one more thing that I can't remember, but I think that's enough. Maybe it's enough now. Do you have a book? I don't have a book. And, you know, that's a good question as well, because earlier we were talking earlier about how there were a couple literary authors who said hey you should strike while the fire's hot and write a book i was like at the time i was like oh that's really attractive but now i'm really glad i didn't i don't want to be talking out of out of anger and being unfair to my parents or being unfair to my situation or being nearsighted or being you know narrow-minded in my scope i need to have a bit more of a wider things but maybe in the future maybe in the future yeah, and then you can also write a book about and like it doesn't even have to be an autobiography. I mean, that's always the easiest thing to start off with because you know yes. your story of you or yeah. whatever. But yeah, I mean, you can have just a generalized book about some of the okay. topics that you talk about or whatever. Thank you, Thank um, you, for that. you know, and I have a book. <laughs> 
for anyone that's listening, you guys know I have a book called Ink and Imagination where you can start writing your book as well. <laughs> um, so Summer, what what are your all of your social media tags? Now I know you have five million plus followers on TikTok. Oh Lord, I don't even know. Sometimes I'll look at D70, whatever I have on Instagram. I'm like, I only know like 10 people. Where where are these people at? <laughs> anyway, I can't even imagine five million, but go ahead. What are your uh, social media handles at okay. also? So on TikTok and on YouTube, I am your proud dad. Uh, no spaces. And on Instagram, I am official your proud dad. Um, hopefully one day I get to take back the username your proud dad for Instagram so I don't have to have official, but those are my channels for now. Okay, got it. And I'll also have clickable links as well on uh, the podcast notes. You guys know I always say just scroll down and read the podcast notes. It's down there. His name will be spelled out. His links are there as well. So anyway, thank you so much, Summer. I appreciate what you're doing. I love that. And, and that's why whenever I saw your your mission and what you were doing, I was like, wow, I really want to know his story because there's so many people that are about not being the positive change. And like you said, those negative yep. things, dancing in videos, doing whatever, that's great. They got their, you know, their five minutes of fame or whatever it is, talking bad about relationships, this or that. Like those things are huge. It's going to go. Controversy always is rapid virals. But for, for someone to have something that's positive, that's going viral, I just, I definitely wanted to be a part of it. So thank you so much for telling and your thank story. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me on as well.